guys and welcome to episode 17 of Axe in the Future. I'm your host Axe, or as most of you guys know me as 56th Grid. In today's episode, we're going to be hearing from Crystal Wright, who's in a documentary, Tales by Light. Also, there's some amazing sport and landscape photography, so welcome Crystal. Hey, thanks for having me. Ah, thank you for coming on. Um, it really does mean a lot. But for the people that don't know much about you, can you tell us a bit about yourself? Well, I guess for those who have come across my work or have yet to, I am probably more so known as an adventure photographer. And these days I've also become a director. So I love yeah directing projects. I have occasionally done filming as well, but I tend to not promote that uh, just because I'd rather be shooting stills. Uh, but yeah, I work with whether it's rock climbers, surfers, uh, mountain bikers, yeah, you name it, anything outdoors, uh, I've probably had a go at it. That's awesome. I love that. That's a type of photography style that I love. But before we go more in depth into your photography, I want to go back a bit to your childhood and what were your dreams growing up? Hmm, that's actually a good one. I haven't been asked that for a long time. Uh, yeah, my dreams growing up, I guess. Well, for me, as going through primary and high school, I was definitely a student who I loved art, music, and sport. Those three, I, yeah. Um, I would actually look forward to those days but I remember in high school as soon as I had like a double maths or English oh I hated it and what happened for me is particularly into senior school like grade 11 grade 12 I started to lose interest really quickly in anything with science maths English like I really struggled and I figured out um, away with my OP score in year 12 that I was actually doing too many subjects. Uh, I was I picked up music extension, and so I figured out that maths, which I was really struggling in, uh, wasn't going to count towards my final score. So I just, well, you can imagine, I just let it slip completely. Uh, but I guess I just dreamt about some. I dreamt about not a specific career, but I dreamt about and the ability to always be creative and to be outside because I just struggle in a classroom format. For me, I love uh, to learn practical. Uh, so I love to be out in the field learning hands-on. Whereas if you put me in a classroom, oh, give me about five minutes and I've already lost the attention span. Oh, yeah. All right. So what are your dreams like currently for the future? Mm, dreams for the future. Well, that's a tricky one uh, because obviously, like for me with my career, like I, I certainly dream about many projects that I've yet to do and I hope to find, uh, just find a way to be able to complete those projects. But I guess I have this general dream too that I hope the world learns to reset out of this. I think we all need to learn more uh, personal accountability uh, and also just having a much more environmental conscious about our decisions so yeah generally I hope the world does reset and we can hit a healthier path that um, is more sustainable and then personally yeah I gosh there's so many projects I'd love to do um, whether it's in the documentary or adventure field yeah I love that like just talking a bit about Tales by Light like that documentary it was just amazing was that a project that you had the idea of or did someone contact you about it? I was contacted to be a part of that series, uh, but the episode itself is based on 
my ideas but about particular photographs I was hoping to capture. So it, it's a bit of a blend, I guess you could say, uh, but I feel pretty proud that, um, yeah, the, the photographs, of course, were projects of mine that have been stored away in my head until I had the ability to do so. That must have been awesome. Can you, like, so with the whole production and that, how did that work? Can you tell us a bit more in depth about how the whole Tales by Light series worked? Uh, it's hard for me to probably speak about that because I'm not the one who created the series. So I, I feel bad to speak on the behalf of someone else. Uh, perhaps I could change this and through my own personal experience, because uh, I've had other short films, whether it's uh, Chasing Monsters, which is uh, following Nick Moyer, who's a uh, storm chasing photographer through Tornado Alley in the American Midwest, uh, or Hi. certainly... There's uh, other projects like Where the Wild Things Play that I created for uh, Outdoor Research, which is an American outdoor apparel brand. And when mm-hmm. it comes to putting together those projects, in fact, this is probably the best thing I could offer advice, uh, even even to um, you know teenagers and such, is that it's easy to fall into the trap and think, okay, if I want to create a film, I need all these people, I need a huge budget, uh, and it's not the case. These days, it's amazing what you can do by yourself with a camera in hand. And for example, if you happen to Google where the wild things play, uh, I was basically just myself. Uh, I would reach out to a few other people if I couldn't quite get footage and license from them. But for the most part, I remember I would turn up, I'd talk to an athlete and say, hey, well, let's you know go hang out for a day. Let's go shoot. And when I turn up, they were a bit shocked. They're like, wait, it's just you. I'm like, yeah, what were you expecting? And I guess they're so used to seeing like a small crew rock up to these um, yeah. sort of shoots. But yeah, it was just myself, a camera in hand, and I just winged it. And I, of course, made a whole lot of mistakes. But at the end of the day, sometimes if you really want to do something that you believe in, you just have to throw yourself in 100%. I love that. That's a that's some good advice. I really do like that. Um. So it sounds like you have travelled a bit in your time with photography. So what was your most memorable trip you've ever done and why was that? Uh, this is almost like a question of asking what my favourite destination is. It's tough to say there's one trip that's more memorable than another only because while there's a different experience associated um, with every trip that I do, so how could I ever compare? Uh, some standout memories, gosh, I mean... One of them would have to be free diving with sperm whales off um, the Azores, which is a group of islands off the uh, coast of Portugal. And there's just this one day in particular where, you know, when it comes to nature and wildlife, the golden rule is you have to wait until they decide to interact with you. Like you can never, ever force an interaction because it's just, well, it's just not going to happen. Uh, so instead, you know, we've been on the water every day of 12 hours, uh, and we were there for about 10 days and it wasn't until about like day five and we were just so lucky that this, there was a group of eight sperm whales in the water and we jump in and first they start swimming away. And so you think, oh, okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not the time, but I watched a group of five and they broke off and they went to the left and they just sort of kept doing the most slowest 360. And when I saw them coming back four out, there's just myself and two others in the water. And then they started swimming to the surface. And then it starts to sink in really fast with like, holy mackerel, they're actually like 
coming to interact with us. And basically, uh, I, I like to describe those moments as heart explosions. Like you were just filled with so much joy. Um, you just can't uh, verbalize it. And I remember after, because they came past within like a meter of where I was. And after the moment had passed, I remember the three of us, we came back to the surface and we just started screaming because there's just no other way to express the joy of that moment. Oh, I love that. That sounds as funny as you were saying that I could kind of just imagine in my head what that would have like, you know, uh, how the experience would have been. It sounded amazing. But for the kids that are listening that haven't traveled a lot, can you tell us a bit about why you think traveling is so amazing? Well, traveling, I remember back in university and I would see others who took off. They went off to Norway or they went off to, uh, say, Canada. And I remember feeling the sort of pang of like um, a bit of jealousy because I wanted to travel too. But at the same time, I'm so appreciative that I didn't take off straight away. I chose to actually stay in Australia to establish my career before I would travel. And that way I sort of had a bit more life experience, a bit more maturity, I guess, uh, just a bit more grounding before I did set off into the world. Uh, with travel, it's easy to think, especially with social media, it's amplified so much that we are tricked into thinking that traveling is, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. And for me with traveling, it's um, I think it's definitely really valuable life lessons. So I definitely encourage people to travel, but also realize particularly as we are in a pandemic and who knows how long it's going to take for us to get to the other side is also realize how much good, how much good we have here in Australia. Like our local backyard is so spectacular and so many young people choose to just run off overseas and think it's okay. I'll see Australia when I'm old, but until the world does decide to wake up again and allow us to travel, I would definitely encourage if you have the chance start seeing Australia it's pretty damn spectacular here yeah I totally agree it's funny because you talk so much about you know you're from Australia and you kind of think that you've discovered a lot of it but still travel but I mean Australia's uh, every day when I go on my Instagram there's some new amazing spot in Australia I think that's that's one of my goals throughout the next 12 months or depending on how long the pandemic lasts is when the borders start opening up again to go on some more road trips and really discover Australia because I think that's it's a very beautiful place and I don't think many people like from Australia really get to see that. It sounds odd, but maybe it's my personal opinion. But oh, it's I mean, definitely definitely not odd. Yeah, thank you. Um, but so, what is it like watching like people do such dangerous and exhilarating things when you're taking photos? Like I saw in. The Tales by Light, you were taking photos of these people, you know, line walking and power motoring and stuff like that. How does how is that to watch? Well, with all the sports, there's definitely a danger associated with them. And I definitely choose very carefully the athletes that I work with. I try very hard to avoid certain athletes who I find are either reckless or they're just purely performing for the camera. Uh, because for me with photography, it's not about performing for an image. I'm there to be a fly on the wall and hopefully document a very natural moment. And so watching this, it's, uh, yeah, I've had some heart-stopping moments seeing friends do incredible things. Uh, But at the end of the day, 
I work with people where we do our best to make sure we have the skill set that we can manage the risk as best as we can. Um, but we also accept the fact that there is always the unknown factor. Mother Nature can do um, do things that we could never plan for. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not sure if I explained that quite properly, but it's just, it's the nature of the beast. Um, you do what you can to be safe, but at the end of the day, you also step out into the world knowing that, yeah, not everything is in your control. Yeah, 100%. So I heard in the doco, um, Tales by Light, in the episode you were in, you talked about having quite a major accident in 2011. Can you tell us a bit about that? So back in 2011, I was in Pakistan for the first time and I was there with three friends who they were trying to break the world altitude record uh, with paragliders. And you know, it was an incredible trip. And back then I was definitely very, very hungry for um, wanting to just make sure I came away with the right images so I could impress the editors that were relying on me to deliver a story. And the problem with that is that as the trip begins to wrap up, the guys haven't broken the record, uh, so they're feeling pressure to achieve their own goals. They also had a film crew there, uh, so then they felt the pressure of making sure those guys were getting what they wanted and then, of course, there's me. And so six days from the end of the trip, it was a really odd day. And I don't know how to describe these days, but you just you feel something. For me, it's whether it's on my spine or even in my gut, like something just feels off. But you have no idea how to articulate this feeling to anyone else but I kept pressing on thinking no it's fine I just I want to you know I've only got a couple of days left I want to make sure I get as much air time as possible and when it came time to launching myself in a tandem pilot we had definitely missed the weather window and when we did launch basically everything went wrong straight away but the problem is when you're on a very steep hillside and you got two people running together and the power of a paraglider we just we really had no way of stopping and so as we took off uh instead of running straight down the hill I was running diagonally and I immediately thought like what's wrong with me like why would I be doing this thinking I was the one making the mistake and as the speed picks up very fast uh my feet were off the ground and we were going hard left and so we never left the hillside and we're sort of going through, it's like all these little, um, you could say little river runoffs of mountains. So you sort of get these like miniature uh, little gullies, I could say. And mm-hmm. so by the time I look up, this all happens in the space of about 10 seconds. And as I look up, I saw the rocks and I have no idea if I had time to brace myself. But in my head, all I could think was, well, actually, I can't say this on your podcast. Um, <laughs> but... Let's just say I said, oh, damn. Um, Obviously, other uh, language was used in that moment. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so five minutes later I came to uh, and there I was on a hillside in Pakistan with an array of injuries, no actual broken bones. Um, There was definitely a a few fractures and a torn ligament in my right foot, uh, hematoma in my uh, lower stomach, along with uh, tendon uh, and ligament damage in my left elbow and shoulder and the most notorious out of all the injuries was uh, where I hit my head is I still have the scar to this day that runs up uh, my left eye and for about five six weeks I had the most intense looking red eyeball 
you could imagine. And I mean, this red eyeball, it would stop people in the traffic in Sydney. It was, uh, <laughs> it, was it was an entertaining time, actually. <laughs> that sounds that sounds pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah, but I would say it's for me. I'm very lucky that there's always a what if. And of course, a lot of people would say, well, what if you've been going faster? What if you were higher? What if this? And it's like, well, the fact of the matter is that's the way the accident happened. I fully appreciate how lucky I am to be able to walk away from that. Uh, But it was just a very big lesson. And I knew something was off that day, but because I was wrapped up in the thought of I've spent all this money to be here, I've spent all this time, uh, I, I just forgot to be very aware of the situation. Uh, and so it's been a big lesson. And I've used it a few times now on trips where I've had to go, you know what? It's even a feeling of like in Alaska once. I remember being in this tent and by day nine of this expedition, I voiced up and I said, I, I'm not having fun anymore. And, I, and this is what one of my mentors taught me is that if you're not having fun, you have to ask yourself, why are you there? Like, what is your purpose and what is your reasoning? Because if your intentions aren't aligned with the right reasons, then there's a good chance that you're just not meant to be there. I like that. I feel like that's a that's a good thing to run with. If you're not having fun, you shouldn't do or not do it. But I, I definitely see what you mean there, and I, I really do like that. Um, So, you know, with this whole crazy pandemic going on, it can be a big challenge for a lot of people. So what advice would you give to some kids that are being impacted with it? Hmm. Ooh, well, what's good life advice? I would say the moment, oh, it's tough because when you're young, I get it, you have so much energy and you just you just want to be going 110%. Like you want to be out there playing sport. You want to be researching ideas, particularly if you're coming close to finishing school. And where I am at my point or stage in life, so I'm now 33, and I've had to learn how to appreciate slowing down uh, this year because I've spoken to friends about this where if you go hard all the time, at some point you do burn out. Like you, you sort of got to find that balance And so I'd say right now it's hard to see, but it's such a gift of time. So for stuff that you've always wanted to do, like now's the time, absolutely the time to do so, Uh, whether it's, you know, picking up art or, uh, you know, are you working on an essay or I don't know, or gosh, even stretching or something. But there is a silver lining to be had. And as much as I never wish any tragedy upon anyone else, because uh, it certainly hurts to see those who are you know, losing loved ones to this virus. But as the saying goes, there is opportunity in tragedy, um, which I know comes across in a harsh way, but there there is a silver lining in all of this. But for each of us, it'll be different. Mm-hmm. And so my advice is like the world will wake up again. I have no doubt about that. It's just when it does, you'll look back and think, oh gosh, I had all that time. How could I not use that time? Because when the world wakes up, I imagine a lot of us will go back to being busy and trying to work and uh, and get going again. But yeah, the the gift of time right now, I think is actually a very special one. Yeah, totally. I agree. So one last thing I usually like to do before the podcast ends, I have a virtual spin the wheel up here on my computer and it's just some 
incredibly random um, off-topic questions. They'll be kind of spitfire. So I'm going to ask them and I guess you just answer them to the best of your ability and we'll go from there. So the first question is, what is your favorite smoothie? Oh, uh, oh gosh, I love all smoothies. I just made one this morning, actually. Uh, <laughs> I would say if it's, as long as it's got a mix of strawberries, blueberries, or certainly anything with mango or coconut, that's me. I love that. All right, next question. What is your favorite book? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, favorite book. Gosh, I've got to think about this, sorry. I would say, actually, uh, a really a book that I really enjoyed reading lately, I wouldn't say this is my favourite of all time, but uh, if you ever read Blink by Malcolm Gladwell, it is a really fascinating study about the different ways we think about life, um, whether you uh, instantly react to something like the gut instinct or you ponder over a decision every week sort of like looking at the differences and the pros and the cons um yeah if you have a chance and you're in- interested about people's behavior and, st- uh, and such blink is a really good book i might have to give that a, a listen or a read if i'm doing audiobook but anyway next question what is your favorite quote Oh, I got asked this the other day, actually. Uh, This is my favourite quote at the moment. Intellectual curiosity, let alone risk-taking, is now a liability. And it's quite a heavy quote, but I think it's unfortunate the way we are progressing at the moment, particularly social media, because it feels like we are putting ourselves under more rules more strict guidelines that is actually stifling our ability to be curious and dream and to have open conversations and discussions. So I am someone who is all for having intellectual curiosity. I like that. That's a good quote. All right. What is your favorite movie slash documentary? Oh. <laughs> it can be multiple. Oh, it's got to be multiple um i would say oh let's see i would say memento is one of my all-time favorite films just because well to be honest anything from christopher nolan so his new film tenet that's coming out i'm actually pretty excited about i just think he is one of the most uh incredibly clever writers uh when it comes to hollywood films because yeah uh, any of his work, like even Dunkirk, that war film, I just thought was so brilliantly put together. Uh, otherwise, I'm an absolute sucker for um, Pixar films. Again, I just think oh, yeah. they just do brilliant, um, brilliant work. And they always have adult jokes in there. So mm. <laughs> it's nice that at any age you can still appreciate animation. Yeah. Uh, actually, a really surprising film was, uh, I think it was, Oh, it's either Korean or Chinese, but it's an, an anime film that's called uh, Big Fish in Begonia, and I thought that was uh, that was beautiful. And I guess part of the theme that if um, anyone's picking up on this is that I just love movies that are different. Uh, it's not your stock standard Hollywood films. It's people who challenge storylines or just have these just weird and wonderful ideas. That's all yeah that's what I love 
Oh yeah, I like that. That's that's interesting. Um, next question: Who is your favorite Instagrammer? Uh, who is my favorite? I mean, to be honest, I'm actually pretty disengaged with social media these days. I've really struggled this year to do any posting myself because I am just appalled about how much time a bit of a time sucker or time waster that app can be but at the same time it's also introduced me to so many cool and wonderful artists so there's there's pros and cons there uh the other day I did look at some new I'm not giving you short answers but uh one second I just need to look at who I started following the other day because there's some really cool accounts um Oh, actually, you know what? This is quite funny. I'm really enjoying the in- Inspired Unemployed. I think those two are just hilarious. And it's so nice to see an account that just makes you laugh for all the right reasons. Yeah, totally. I, I do agree with that. So we're going to go to the last question on this spin the wheel. And it is, what is your favorite sport? Oh, favorite sport? Um that's tricky because again, like, because I love to climb, I love to ski, and I love to free dive. But I would say free diving for me is probably the most uh, special one to me because I really love the ability to just be floating in the big blue down there. And with free diving or with any sport, the best thing about them, they always force you to be present in the moment. So, say if you're rock climbing and you're trying to do a move, but then you start thinking back to, uh, I don't know, chores you haven't done or some other distraction in life, then you can't do the move because you're not present in the moment. And I think freediving has the ability to amplify that even more. So I've had dives where suddenly I can't even go five metres because I wasn't fully 100% mentally there. But then when I let the mind relax and forget about all distractions, then next thing you know I can dive down to 30, 35 metres. I love that. That's that's actually an interesting one. Um, that's a cool perspective. But just one one last thing we're gonna do before the podcast ends. Do you think there's anyone that you know that you could contact me with that you would think that would suit the podcast? Well, funnily enough, I'm doing another podcast today with uh, Jonesy, and I think he would probably be an absolutely wonderful character to have on your podcast. Uh, he's done some amazing adventures. And now that he's got a young family, he's continuing to do some pretty epic adventures in Australia. Uh, but I'd say, yeah, reach out to Justin Jonesy because he would be phenomenal to have on your podcast. Awesome. I will do that. But that is going to do it for this episode of Axing the Future. If you guys are on iTunes, I would really appreciate if you do go over to uh, and give an honest review. I'd prefer if it's five stars, but whatever you think it is. Um, what is your Instagram, Crystal? Oh, it's just at Crystal J Wright. Uh, but my name's spelled K-R-Y-S-T-L-E. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Make sure to go check her out. My Instagram is 56th Grid. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you guys next Monday at episode 18 of Acting the Future. We out. <laughs>